Welcome to Food Chat, a weekly show that's all about food production, including farming, ranching, processing, and basically all things involved in getting food from the field to your plate. Now, let's get you reconnected to your food, and here are your hosts, Greg Bloom and Chef Jackson Lamb. Talk about an uphill battle, 2,000 acres of beans and cattle, but he don't ever get rattled. Hello and welcome to another edition of Food Chat. Food Chat is hosted by me, Chef Jackson Lamb, and Greg Bloom. We are sponsored by RanchFreshMeats.com. We'll tell you about them later on today. Welcome, Greg. Here we are again in the studio talking about every type of food that's out there. Yeah, we're all about reconnecting people to their food and highlighting showcasing local food manufacturers that people may probably don't even know are there and one of the uh great companies that uh fits that mold is the one we have on today tell us a little bit about a bit about our show today Jackson. we've got rich schneider with Rockalita's tortillas which is right in the middle of downtown denver and uh hey rich are you on the air yes sir i'm with you guys Good okay morning. welcome rich rich it's a pleasure to have you on food chat this morning you and I have quite a history together, but, you know, the fact that you have a shop that's at 31st and Larimer, I find that to be one of the most amazing situations. Why don't you give us a quick overview of Rockalitas? And, you know, you're down there on Larimer. How long have you been there? And, you know, uh, uh, just give us a background. Well, thanks so much, guys, for having us on. Excuse my voice. I'm, I'm a little sore in the throat here, but I'm going to do my best, guys. Um, and again, thanks for having us on. Rockalitas Tortillas, we're here at 3111 Larimer Street. Uh, believe it or not, this was the old, for, for those of you that have been in Denver long enough, you might remember Duffy Soda. Remember the Duffy Soda? Oh, yeah, they had oh, yeah. Flavors? Well, we are in their old building, Oh. which I find hilarious because that's exactly what we do is all kinds of different flavors and, and wild uh, colors and flavors of tortillas. So there must be some... Magic juju here in the dirt on 31st and Lever. I'm sure there is. But uh, our business traces its roots back to the 40s. Back then we were called La Popular. Uh, started, uh, like I said, in the 40s making uh, tamales and, and pastries and a little, uh, all kinds of different Mexican goodies. And uh, we ended up on 2012 Larimer. We outgrew the back of that store where we would sell all kinds of tamales and we're trying to make tortillas and bread and cookies and and, and, and pastries and stuff. And so uh, Dad Sal came down here and bought the old Duffy's building on 31st and Larimer. And so we've been down here ever since. He bought it in about 1974. And let me tell you, Dad had so much vision. Um, we, we certainly didn't. We were wondering, what are you doing buying this building? We'll never, never fill this building. And now we've got it filled to the gills. And so here we are in our old building, and, you know, for years, Raul and I wanted to, my brother Raul, he's the big cheese, uh, Sal's son. I'm kind of like the adopted son. I came in in the late 70s and just stuck around. And so uh, we've been here ever since trying to make really innovative, fun, cool, hyper-local products that chefs will demand. Rich, that's great. You know, you, you've shared stories with me in the past, but 31st and Larimer, 1975, 
Were there still horses out there? <laughs> no, you did share with me. There was no traffic there. There was no volume like we see today. Uh, that the, you and the crew would go out and play touch football in the street. That is correct. Raul and I would throw the football around out in Larimer Street. It was a one-way back then. And if you were down here, you were probably lost. We, I remember we hired, uh, we, we hired a girl to help us in the office, and she went home all excited that she got the job. And when she told her family where her job was going to be, they would not let her come to work here. It was a bad part of town. So now fast forward to now it's the cool, hip, uh, funky part, and it's fun to watch. And we've got, uh, you know, we've had all kinds of street artists paint all kinds of amazing wall murals all over our building, and, and, and we love it. We love it. We don't want to be the, the guys that, hey, stay off our lawn. We want to embrace the change and, and, and be a positive part of the community. That's great. You know, Rich, I've been in your office, and uh, among some of the things that were uh, always impressive to me are the pictures of you in the middle of a cornfield or in the middle of a, of a wheat field. And th- these are the sources for your corn tortillas and your flour tortillas. Absolutely. You know, we started, and I'll tell you, we are, we have become the hyper-local, like, leaders in this. But I'm going to tell you, it was really by accident. It was a matter of survival. Um, at that time, oh, we had to develop relationships with our farmers, whether it was the wheat farmers, corn farmers. We've developed now relationships with our sunflower farmers for our sunflower oil and, and all these, and our business has really been based on relationships, not promotions, but just relationships. And I think when we've done this, I think when a person does that, and you go meet the farmer and you find out how many generations they've been there and how hard it's been, you know, when you get that bag of corn or you get that sack of flour, it just makes you want to treat that ingredient with significantly more reverence to make something that those generations of farmers would be proud of, that, that we're going to make something that will reflect the hard work, the perseverance, the dedication. And so that's what we do, and, and, and that's the part of our business that is, it's weird for most chefs or most people that buy tortillas, they probably aren't looking for something like that. But I have to say, I think we've tapped onto a, a, a segment of the market, a niche, if you will, that that's exactly what they're looking for. And so we love making great tortillas and chips that tell a story. And they tell a story for generations. And they show respect for what farmers do and reverence and, and elevate their work. And, and certainly our, one of our, our favorite things to do here is shine the light that we have on those that have helped us get to this point. It's not about us. Rather, we like to celebrate the people that brought us here. Very good. Rich, uh, you mentioned the sunflower oil people out of uh, Lamar, and uh, we've met them through the Chef's Association, but that's quite the operation out there. And, Rich, you go through a little bit of oil over there at your place when you're making those uh, those uh, corn tortillas. We sure do, you know, and that's the Colorado Mills oil uh, pressed in Lamar, Colorado. You've got Rick Robbins who uh, pretty much runs the place, and then Zach Kreider, who uh, he was the one that uh, introduced us to Colorado Mills. And 
it was funny when he came to us with the oil i was trying to shoot it down and and uh like punch holes in what he was telling me and and poor zach he hung in there with us and he showed perseverance and you know what it ended up being is it was like zach you're actually underselling your oil it's better than what you're even selling it to be and so we switched over to uh that was the oil to fry all of our chips. All of that's the only oil we use. High oleic, because there's high, mid, and low oleic acid levels. We do nothing but the high, the best there is. And so we started frying all of our chips in it. And then one day we were, we'd run out of shortening for our flour tortillas, and we had to use sunflower oil. And lo and behold, it made the tortillas better, more flexible, softer, fluffier, um, so that now that's the only oil slash flash shortening in the building is Colorado Mill. And we're using right at about 10,000 pounds a week of that oil. Yeah. And that comes in, uh, is that a 400 gallon pallet that, that they ship that in? Well, you know, I know it is weight. It, it's a tote yeah. and it's, uh, got 2,100 pounds in there. So it could be about that size. Yeah. Very good. Hey, Rich, I haven't been to your facility. I know Chef Jackson has, but maybe you could give our listeners a uh, kind of a, a walking tour through your facility and talk about the variety of the products that uh, you make and then how you make them, what makes you different, what differentiates uh, Rockalita's tortillas from, you know, a competitor. And just a little walk, give us a little bit of an idea of what it looks like to go, walk through your plant. Absolutely, and I'm going to do that from the confines of my office because I'll tell you, the machines that make all these things is really loud. Sure. Really loud. From here, if I was to give you a tour, first place we'd walk over is to our flour tortilla lines. We have two of them. And in our flour tortilla lines, but with, between the two, we have one line that's focused primarily on making large flour wraps. And that's like anything nine inches and larger in diameter. And then we've got a smaller line that runs any uh, our smaller tortillas. We call those, those tortillas, not wraps. They're anything from like four inch to eight inch. Different recipes different machinery, different technology. On the wraps, it's all about precision and making them exactly the same. Um, and on the on the tortillas, actually, we kind of build in a little bit of, I'm going to call it planned sloppiness, for that artisanal look, that, because they are handmade. Uh, to start with, though, the dough that we push through either one of these lines, it's all Colorado wheat, Ardent Mills. Ardent Mills is the world's, a lot of people don't know this, Arden Mills is the world's largest flour miller, and they're headquartered right here in Denver, Colorado, on 19th and Lawrence. We've kind of become their unofficial flour tortilla test lab. We do a lot of things with them, and we actually even help competitors develop recipes. Um, we've been doing this a long time. I got to tell you, we're pretty good at it, and so they lean on us, and we're happy to help. We're happy to help those in our industry. It's not just about get us getting our larger slice of the pie. We're we're all about making the pie bigger. But so we're using all Ardent Mills uh, wheat flour, which is all Colorado wheat, grown wheat. And so there's a difference here. I'm going to back up. You know, a lot of people say made in Colorado. Well, made in Colorado is great. What we focus on here is everything is made from Colorado. Uh, it's one thing to get if you're in Denver and you're buying wheat from another state and shortening from uh, Asia and this from somewhere else and all that stuff. Made in Colorado is one thing. Made from Colorado is what we do. So let's get back to the wheat. We're using Arden Mills wheat. We're going to put in the sunflower oil, the high-oleic sunflower oil. We're going to cut little pieces uh, of dough anywhere from 28 grams up to 140 grams. 
We're going to let that dough rest and proof and fully hydrate, get nice and soft. And then we're going to smash the bejesus out of it with our big hydraulic press. That press will press with almost 20,000 pounds of pressure. And so we're going to press out the tortillas, then they get conveyed into a conveyor oven. They go back and forth three times. Um, they're going to come out of there real hot. Now we're on a race to cooling and drying the surface so they don't stick. So they'll be on a conveyor, then they get counted, bagged, boxed, palletized, and out to your favorite restaurants, usually within 48 hours. So that's the flour tortillas. And so on flour tortillas, we're running two shifts, six days a week. We're running about twelve to 15,000 pounds a day of flour tortillas right now. Wow. And so we're doing all different types of flavors in those. We're doing a spinach. We do a red chili. We do a Pueblo green chili. We get the green chilies from Muso Farms uh, in Pueblo, Colorado, just east of there. We're making a whole wheat agave. So it's kind of like if King's Hawaiian Bread made a wrap, that was the game we played. What kind of wrap would they make? And so we've got those going out there. Uh, also, many of your listeners can probably or maybe have already bought our products through Royal Crest Dairy. Uh, they approached us, and we were proud to partner with them. Uh, they deliver uh, some of our smaller, we call them baby wraps and, and mama wraps and junior wraps, uh, different sizes, and uh, for people to enjoy at home. And so th- the difference is you can get large tortillas at the grocery store, but they're really, they won't wrap and hold as well as ours do. Ours are industrial grade. They're food service grade. So kind of think of at home, if you had a, you take your your oven at home, your range, and you take it to a restaurant, it's, you'd be lucky if it lasts eight hours. You need a heavy-duty uh, grill for a heavy-duty environment, and that's what we make. That's the difference. So that's the flour. Corn, oh, my gosh, we cook and grind corn here. We, we get corn from the Indian Reservation called Bow and Arrow Farms on the Southern Ute Tribe. Uh, Simon Martinez and his crew down there, uh, we're, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say we're his largest buyer of corn, but uh, we were one of the earliest adopters. Um, we get it, we cook and grind that corn, and we'll make either corn tortillas or chips uh, out of that, and then find them again in the sunflower oil. Our chips can be found at 7-Eleven, Mile High Stadium, uh, Meow Wolf, uh, the Broadmoor, the Vale Resorts, all, all over the place, all over the place, and same thing with our corn tortillas. And so we're making all kinds of different varieties of corn and flour tortillas and chips uh, being innovative. So uh, we have a blast. That's the quick tour. Wow, thank you. That sounds great. Fantastic. You know, Rich, I would say that probably eight years ago or nine years ago, we were both involved with uh, Colorado Ag Day at the state capitol, probably March 16th, somewhere along that. And I was asked to... um, uh, represent the uh, uh, Colorado Pork Council, and we had decided we were going to do uh, Mexican street tacos. And then you and I got together, and ironically, you had just met Mr. Musso. And he said, what can we do with my peppers for Colorado Ag Day? And that's when we got the idea of infusing the Pueblo green chilies into tortillas that then I use for Mexican street tacos. It's a great story from the old days, isn't it? Oh, and you know what's funny is how, how I think when people saw it that day at the state, it was one of those where you slap your head, your forehead with an open palm, and like, why has that not been done before? 
everyone loved it. Great, great partners there, Jackson. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. You know, also, uh, thank you for the walking tour through your shop. Um, I've been at the very end of the flour press or the flour oven. I've eaten those tortillas right off the rack. They don't get any better than that, Rich. I mean, you. I mean, here you are. I have a tortilla I can barely hold in my hand because it's that warm. And then you just pack them up nice and toasty, warm in plastic, wrap them up, and they're off to your favorite uh, dining establishment, aren't they? Yeah, it doesn't take them long. We're, our, our challenge here, honestly, and we've been very, very blessed, immensely blessed. Our challenge here is really keeping up with the demand. Yeah. Very good. Hey, um, how about distribution? You know, uh, you know, you uh, you don't have a lot of trucks downtown, but you know, I know that we find your products up in the mountains, up in the ski areas, uh, all over the state. So you must have a couple of different opportunities to get that product out to the public. Oh, we sure do. We, we're, we're, you know, we're, we got out of self distribution. And years ago, we had to self-distribute because no one wanted to carry tortillas. It was such a small category. The distributors would look at us like, why do we want to carry that? There's not enough usage. So we had to deliver ourselves. And, you know, we were selling them by the pack. We would drive across town to sell three dozen. Wow. Um, my job. And, and so then we, we switched to the distributors. And so, yes, we're, we're we, again, we've been very blessed. We've got this, the, the food service distributors like... Shamrock, U.S. Food, Cisco, Performance Food Group, 5280 Produce, Atalco. Uh, there are many, many, you know, many of the distributors now are taking them all over the place. And, and they've been great partners and, and made it possible for, for us to grow. Very good. Hey, here's a trivia question, um, Rich. What's the farthest, far, farthest distance your product has traveled? We have a, any chefs in California using that product through Cisco or, or Shamrock? Uh, have you heard of anything that far out? Okay, so now I've, I've got an answer for you, I think. Is it by usage or just uh, it, it made it there? Uh, well, it uh, probably a little bit of both. If it made it there, they're going to use it, right? I w- I, well, you'd think so. I, I tell you what, we had. You remember a Dave Cooley? Um. He was with the Department of Ag. He was in marketing. Yeah. He went to climb Mount Everest. Yeah. A, a few years back. And he took our tortillas with him. Wow. <laughs> that's cool. Well, that's that's pretty interesting, you know? He, he, he sent me a picture. But as far as usage, I would say probably, well, you know, up to a few years ago when transportation really got to be challenging, we were shipping product to literally every state but Hawaii, uh, and then transportation just got to be a nightmare, and we just pulled it back in. But we were up in Canada back in the early 80s introducing nacho chips to Canadians. They thought, when we were making nachos, they had not seen the cheese sauce like that, the queso. Yeah. And they thought we were putting mustard on the chips. They didn't know it was cheese. Wow. Hey, Rich, I have a question for you about tortilla chips in general, because, of course, we'd love to send everyone to buy all their tortilla chips all the time from Rockalita's Tortillas. But if they're not buying through uh, the, the dairy that sells your product um, or, um, you know, they, they certainly can find your product at food service. But 
So someone listening is at the aisle at their local local neighborhood retail store, and they're looking for tortilla chips. There's the store brand. There's a couple local sounding brands. Then there's the big national brands, the Frito-Lay brands. And, you know, it's amazing to me how different the price is. Some you can buy for $1.99 a bag, and some are like 6 bucks a bag. It's just amazing. So what should people be looking for when they're buying uh, chips in general? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, you know, I, you know tip, I think it's probably uh, fashionable to, like, try to bash the big boys. But I, I, I tend to not be in that category. You know, I think Frito-Lay, actually, um, we still need Frito-Lay because us little guys cannot make all the tortilla chips that people want to eat. So there's definitely a huge place for those guys. Right. But I think with the smaller companies, you're going to see... Like with the, the the corn that we get, the heirloom Indian corn from Bow and Arrow Farms, Frito Lay couldn't use that corn because there's not enough of that corn. Mm-hmm. And so you know they're they I mean they really move the needle. And so these smaller brands like you know myself and and there are some smaller local brands that are doing it. They are we are working with the smaller farmers. Usually it's all non-GMO. There's some cool trick to it. And also it's about what we're supporting. You know, we talk about here, I think people are recognizing that they have a chance to be food activists, if you will. And they can, they can determine uh, our, our, our food chain by the choices they make with their, with their credit card, with their wallet, with what they're buying. And so if you want a sustainable and you want to you want to help the little guys? Yeah, it, sometimes it does, in fact, cost a little bit more. But know that you know you're helping a local farm, you're helping families get their kids through college. Like with us, here's something: all of our energy is wind generated electricity. It's been that way 100 percent since oh my gosh, years now, and it costs us a little bit more. But with that, we pay more because the investors are able to to start building more wind farms windmills we help you know by using our products you help get more more wind farms and so those are the types of things that that you know at least now and then hey give the little guys a chance and support your your neighbors truly your neighbors right yeah that's great that's a good a good thing to remind people of and uh thanks for thanks for pointing that out yeah rich i think that um you know, one of the things that, man, you can't escape the, this word, sustainability, probably the word of the year, that's for sure. But, you know, I, I love the story about how you happened upon the idea of using spent beer grain as an ingredient in nacho chips. You want to tell that story? Oh, that's a great story. Jackson, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it's funny. You know, a couple things intersected at one time. Is uh, Number one, a good friend of mine, Larry Nemnick, uh, he was up at Tommy Knocker Brewery at the time. Now he's at the Platte River Bar and Grill. We've gone down to see him, Jack. Oh, yes, we have. I've, I've, I enjoyed his time. I know Larry. Great guy. I love Larry. He's awesome. So I run across Larry, and he's like, you know, I'm making nachos up here, and I need a thick wrong chip because he was making truly a a mountain range of nachos and uh so i went up to see him and 
And I said, okay, I think I know what we can do. And we talked about it. And he says, hey, can you do anything with this spent grain? Well, I didn't even know what spent grain was. I, what is spent grain? He says, that's the grain that we cook after we cook the, the barley and all that stuff. That's the grain that's left over. It's really nutritious. It's very healthy. It's, 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 just, it's amazing. So I said, well, bring me some. Let me see. So he brings it to me, put it on a plate. He chew it a little bit so I can kind of tell, yeah, it's going to run through my machines. So we come back. I said, I can make a, a chip with that grain. At the time, I was working on trying to make a multi-grain chip because I'm like, I'm too close to Boulder to not have a multi-grain chip. What's ours going to be like? Well, this spent grain fit the bill perfect. So we made the spent grain, put it in with that yellow heirloom Indian corn from Bow and Arrow Farms. So truly, it's Colorado. It's sustainable. It's healthier. And we dusted them with a little bit of red chili, garlic, and salt. We call those nachos borrachos, drunk nachos. And they are all over the place. That's That's been a fun, fun chip for many, many reasons. I think that's one of your... Uh... It got my attention, I'll tell you that. I think that's probably one of your lost leaders. Very good. All righty. Hey, Rich, we uh, we got about a minute to go here as we try to wrap up this uh, edition of Food Chat. Uh, I want to thank you for really bringing in uh, the insight of, of everything that you're doing in the middle of the downtown area there. And it's so great to hear of a of a local producer doing well and using local products that's really what we're all shooting for greg any closing comments well i just really enjoyed your uh, comments rich and maybe you could just uh, wrap up the last uh, few seconds here and tell people how they can find out more about your company and where they can find your product in the marketplace well thank you so much thank you so much well our website is www.rockalitas.com r a q u E-L-I-T-A-S, or just Google Tortillas Denver, and it will pretty much pop up. Uh, one thing we don't do is we don't sell them here, so don't come here to try to buy them. The city made us stop doing that. Uh, Shamrock Food Service Warehouse is one location. Marzik Stores, uh, their, their markets are another place to get them. But we're here, uh, you know, the biggest, the best way to support us, go support your local restaurants. Your, your restaurants, your brew pubs, your hamburger places, all of them, and enjoy and and celebrate we've got such a robust colorado hospitality uh, industry and we've all come through it uh, hopefully through COVID a little bit better and a little more delicious very good hey rich uh, you know i don't want to keep you any longer than we have to because i know that somewhere along the way here you're going to be making about two thousand tamales for the christmas season you and raul and company want to thank you so much for coming on the air today rich All right. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas and have a great holiday season. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having us on the show today. You're welcome. Thanks, Rich. Take care. Bye-bye now. Today's episode of Food Chat is brought to you by RanchFreshMeats.com. At RanchFreshMeats.com, they do the best job of finding the local meats that you need for the holidays. We have gift boxes, steaks, our Two sizes of bacon box for the bacon lover in your family, a small and a large bacon lover's box. So, hey, do your holiday shopping at RanchFreshMeats.com, and you'll be supporting local Colorado families. RanchFreshMeats.com. Here's to the farmer that plants the fields in the spring, the turn from green to that harvest, honey. 
Opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Crawford Broadcasting, the station, management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.